If you've ever wanted to know how to leave your children not just wealth, but generational wealth, today we give the secrets of the Rockefeller families and how they've done it. And as a quick hint, it doesn't involve buying term life insurance. Let's get it. MPS. MPS. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money, and this show is designed to change just yes. that. Yes. I am your host, the Money Misfit, Jamar Dupas. This is episode number 92. And today, today we're going to talk about generational wealth. We're going to talk about the difference between inheritance and legacy. And we dig into the family that has probably done it better than most, definitely better than the top one half of the top 1%, and that's the Rockefellers. We give the secrets of how they have even six generations later, and over 200 living descendants, direct descendants from David Rockefeller, how they have all still managed to be, be millionaires in this day and age. So we're going to dig into that. If this is your first time tuning in, I'd like to say welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for being here. I don't know how you found me, but I appreciate you being here. This is a different type of personal finance podcast. We talk about money as it relates to real life, because not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money. We want you to really understand your money so you can use it to do all the things you want to do live the life you want to live go to places you want to go raise the families you want to raise and of course leave the legacy that you want to leave so if you want to find out more about what we do and how we do it head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com again that's yourmoneyright.com there you can get our best stuff also, join us in the face. There's a link to our uh, Money Misfit Facebook group. And of course, you can get all the past episodes over the last couple of years that we put out right there on the website. So check that out at yourmoneyright.com. So let's get on with the show. But wait, before I do that, let me quick disclaimer. First of all, shout out to all the parents out there who survived this school year. And even more so, shout out to all the teachers <laughs> who done the work right did the grinding and, and the teaching for this past year and you survived it is now summertime at least in my world so with that being said my children are home so you're going to be hearing my legacy <laughs> you're going to be hearing my offspring more than likely in the background because we got four of them between the ages of seven and one they're wired up and they're full of energy and i got to get this out to you so the show must go on so we're going to keep going so if you hear them in the background uh, just just let it remind you of, of the, what we're talking about today. And that is legacy. So let's get on with it for real this time. So I want to share a quote with you that I heard by a gentleman by the name of Jared Wilkins. He uh, is a leader. He's a motivational speaker. He is a uh, network marketer. He's a businessman. And I heard him say this and it may have come from somebody else. So I don't know if I'm giving it to him, the credit properly to him or not, but it's something that has stuck with me for many, many, many years now. And one of the things he says that an inheritance is what you leave to your kids, but a legacy is what you leave in your children. Right. And when I heard that, that spoke to me because I, I think about 
my children, of course. I think about other people's children. And I think about what really matters when you think about what you leave to your children. So many people, especially in our community, especially with this uh, kind of this limited mindset, right? We get a, I've heard another lady say, said, one of the worst things about success is a little bit. And it's also the same thing with knowledge. One of the time, sometimes the worst part about knowledge is having just a little bit of it. And then you think you know it, you know a lot. You think you have all the answers. And a lot of things that are, you know, kind of passed through through the middle class, lower income communities, even a lot of the wealthy communities, is that the way to leave uh, an inheritance is through life insurance, right? And so there is a lot of people, a lot of organizations right now going around the communities, uh, specifically the black community, to walk around and talking to people about uh, how you should leave a legacy by buying life insurance. And uh, I'm not against life insurance, of course. You know, I own plenty of it, me personally. Uh, but so it's not about that, right? But that's only part of the story. And I think one of the issues we have a lot of times is we only get part of the story. We only get the small fraction of the story because the truth is most people who, who get large sums of money at any one given time, they lose it, right? They go from broke to broke, right? Uh, it doesn't matter. They've documented this over and over and over. Lottery winners, they by the uh, about an average of six to seven years, if from whatever they lifestyle they were living before they won the lottery, they're right back at that lifestyle six or seven years later. One of my favorite stories, actually not a favorite, pretty sad story, but uh, I don't know if y'all remember that show that used to come on TV. They would um knock down people's house and build them these brand new beautiful dream homes and stuff like that. Um, and it used to come on like network television, but one of the very first families who got their house, uh, knocked down and rebuilt actually lost their house, right? So they didn't have to pay anything to get this thing done, but how they lost their house was they small thinking, right? And a little bit of information. Somebody came along and told them that they could access all the equity in this brand new, beautiful house that they had. And they did that. And what happens is they end up excuse me, they end up getting their home foreclosed on, right? And you you got a home that you got for free, your dream home, and you end up getting it foreclosed on. Uh, you We've talked over and over about how you have athletes who uh, go from nothing and get millions of dollars, and then they end up back at nothing at the end of the day. Uh, you know of uh, celebrities, entertainers, movie stars, uh, artists, singers, dancers, MC Hammers, Chris Tucker, you, you've heard of all these people who've made multi, multi millions of dollars and they go back to not having much of anything. They go back to where they came from. And I truly believe that it's because we are creatures of habit. And if you never change your habits, you never you, you'll always just keep doing the same thing. You'll keep getting the same results. Right. It's that whole uh, insanity quote. Right. Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result is insanity. So if you spend money like you spent money when you didn't have any money. Even when you have a lot of money, you will be back to not having any money. That's just the way that goes. And so we see this a lot in when people do get inheritances, so to speak. They get these large lump sums of money and they end up blowing it or they don't know what to do with it because we focused on the inheritance but not the legacy, the legacy of what we leave in our children. And one of my favorite stories of this that really paints this picture 
is a story that I heard of the Rockefeller family. Right. And the Rockefeller families, if you don't know, I know you've heard the name. I'm not talking about Jay-Z and Dame Daz Rockefeller. Right. I'm talking about David Rockefeller, the, the Rockefeller family that initially made their money in the oil business and the petroleum game. Right. Um, and, and you've heard the name. You've also heard bigger names like the Carnegie's. You've heard of the Vanderbilt's, things like that. These these names that made their fortunes. And I mean, crazy fortunes in America's industrial revolution. Right. Um, you've heard of these names, and one of the things that happens is um, when people, again, when people leave large lums, sums of money, a lot of times that money is squandered by the time it comes to their grandkids, right? And we've kind of talked about what that is, but today, right now, we want to talk about what the solution is. And how I found this is I, uh, I came across a story of the Rockefellers and, and the study that they did. Now, I might get some of this stuff wrong, but I want you to get the gist of it, right? Um, but for the most part, this is how the, this is how the story goes. So they did this study of uh, some of the wealthiest men of that time period. They died with a minimum of like $100 million that they left to their family. And they tracked these families over a, a few generations. And uh, about, I want to say 50 years later or so, or, or 30 years later, they came back to see you know, wrote wrote the report on how this family, how these families have have done, and again, the families I've talked about, like the Carnegies, the Vanderbilts, the Rockefellers, out of all of these families, most of these families who have left, uh, who whose grandfather or the head of the family, the the one that created all the fortune, left their family a hundred million dollars. Most of these families were dead broke uh, at the end of the study, and it's very interesting when you think about that. You think a hundred million dollars. Now, this is a hundred million dollars back in their time frame, right? It's billions today. Some people say that the Rockefeller, uh, David Rockefeller, would probably be worth, uh, you know, three hundred forty billion or something like that. Crazy numbers. But they looked at these families and they said, "Well, well what happened? What happened to these families?" Out of all the families that they studied, the only family that still everybody was in the family uh, that was a millionaire were the Rockefellers. Nobody really knew anything about the Vanderbilts. Now, you knew the name, you know, the school, you know, some of the foundations. You've heard of them. You heard of the Carnegie's. You got heard of the Carnegie Hall. Um, You know, these people were, you know, big time in American uh, industrial revolution, American business people. They were, of course, if you're a businessman, you're likely to have the influence over politics. That's the way American politics goes. Uh, you can be in denial about that all you want, but that's how it happens. But these people were were big in the game. And so what they looked at, the difference between these families and what the Rockefellers did differently was that when uh, the Rockefeller family got their fortune, they didn't actually just get their fortune, right? Their fortune came with instructions. They came with rules and regulations of what they would to do. And the money was never broken up, right? So the $100 million in fact, still stands today. Uh, and how they did that uh, is through various vehicles, things like whole life insurance policies, trust, skip generation projects, you know, different type of legacy building you know, plans that, that are out there today. Most of us have never heard of many of these things it's because most of us have never really been left a legacy, maybe a little bit of an inheritance, so to speak. And the education really for most of us has not been available to most of us because these are things that ultra wealthy and people with true wealth uh, you know, really know about uh, because really it's when you kind of need these things. But I think it's important that we even start thinking about these these type of deals because you can utilize these tools even at low income levels to leave your children a legacy. 
But uh, the Vanderbilts, the Carnegies, they were just left the money. And when you leave them just the money or just the business, what happens to a lot of these families is they get torn apart. They get torn apart because they're trying to manage a family business. And usually when you're trying to manage a family business, a lot of times egos get involved and people get pulled apart. Families get pulled apart, things like that. Uh, If you don't leave specific instructions on how to run a family business or how to manage the family wealth, that can be an issue. Right. Uh, And it's not like they didn't leave wills. They had wills. But uh, when they left their money, the money was divided amongst the family members. And when the money is divided, This is kind of what I highlight a lot of times we talk to couples about money when they don't want to merge their money together. What happens if when you split money up and banks know this because they want you to split your money up. That's why they offer you so many different accounts and stuff like that. Wells Fargo got in trouble for this actually recently because they were getting people to split accounts and even they were splitting people's accounts without their knowing it. Um, They would get fees and stuff for all these different accounts, but your money's separated usually for the most part uh, is best if you keep it together keep it in one place but uh, the carnegies and the vanderbilts they split their money up they divided it up but the rockefellers they didn't do that the rockefellers never let that money go and by some accounts they what they did was that they put this money in these trusts and they would buy these whole life insurance policies and you could access the money they would create what they call the family bank so to speak it wasn't actually a chartered bank But what they would do is they would give anybody in the family access to the money. But there was a couple of stipulations. Uh, One of the stipulations is the money was never just given. It was only borrowed. So in other words, you would have to pay the money back. Now, you would pay it back on whatever terms that you want to pay it on. Right. Like it it was, you know, whatever. It could be a no interest or one interest. You could pay it back over 10 years, five years, four months. It was basically pretty much undetermined from the stories that I've heard. You can borrow the money, but it was always with an idea that you were paying that money back. And what this does, and I think, at least in my mind when I look out at it, it it makes you think about how to use that money so where you can grow and pay that money back, right? Because if you just get money freely, you just spend it freely. You're not thinking about how to put the money back in the pot. You're not thinking about how to replant the seeds that you get from that fruit. But that was the first stipulation. Uh, The other stipulation was you had to go to the family meeting. And at the time, I believe it was like once a year. I think these days, if if I've read correctly, that they now are twice a a year that you have to come to these family meetings. And at these family meetings, you're invited once you turn 21, you're invited. And at the meeting, they, they talk about the family finances. They talk about the businesses that you're involved in. You talk about what's working for you uh, from an investment perspective. And you have to allow other families an opportunity to invest with you if you have something that's working pretty well. Uh, and you have to show up for this thing. It's not an optional thing. It's not one of those things like, well, yeah, but I have a recital on that day. It's like the most important thing if you want to be in this family, right? So you have to borrow the money. You had to show up to the to the family meeting and you had to share what you uh, what was working, what wasn't working. And also you have to be involved in the, the philanthropic uh, activities that the family is involved in. And this is important to their family, even at early age when they start getting allowances, which is, you know, which is now that I think about it, I think about we talk about the, the 3G system and the jars, the giving jar, and how important it is to teach your children to give. This is a staple in the Rockefeller family. And I think one of the reasons why they do this is so that these children, and really one of the same reasons why I do this, is so these children don't get so attached to money that they can never give it away. That they lose sight 
of their privileges, they lose sight of the blessings that they have in their life. So early on, they teach their children to give, 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 give. Now, some of you might say it's real easy to give once you got a bunch of money already, but it's it's the principle that's involved. Yes, it's I guess it's easier. Right. But if you never get that habit, if you won't give 10 cents out of a dollar, you won't give 10,000 out of 100,000. You won't give 100,000 out of a million. Right. You have to start that habit very early on. And they do that. But those are basically the three to four stipulations that they had to have as a family. And with that being said, that that wealth, that hundred million that they that they that he left them, they started with, it was never cut down. It's like the, the story of the goose that laid the golden egg, right? The 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 king had this goo- that go- this goose that laid these golden eggs, and then eventually he got so greedy because the eggs wasn't coming out fast enough, he decided to kill the goose because he wanted to get all the eggs that was in the goose. But of course, when he killed the goose. He killed the egg producing machine as well. And that's what happens with a lot of families. They will leave their family a goose and then the the family will kill the goose and eat the goose. And no more golden eggs on a regular basis. And this is what the Rockefellers understood. They understood that we cannot kill the goose. So to this day, that goose is still getting fed. So when they get the they live off the eggs of that goose. Then they take the eggs. Sometimes they hatch a few of the geese. Right. And then they you know, those geese give you more eggs and then they put some of those geese back in the pot. That's the equivalent of borrowing the money, investing it, earning some money off of the investments and then paying that money back, basically feeding the goose again so it can lay more eggs. And so you never ever dwindle down or deplete or kill the goose so to speak and this is the true way to leave a legacy this is the true way to leave generational wealth it's not just about the money but it's what to do with the money right once you get the money what's the game plan what are the instructions it, this money is not to go buy a brand new car it's not to go buy a brand new house it really shouldn't even really be about just funeral expenses right yes you could take some of the money and go towards the funeral expenses but now what do you do after that and this i think is so key and we really need to understand that and this is what i talk about with investing investing is not a vehicle right putting money in a stock market is not investing putting money in real estate is not investing putting money in a coffee can is not investing investing is all about having a plan a plan 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 And in that plan, you can use these things, these tools, the stock market, real estate, coffee cans, right? Whatever businesses, you can use these tools in your investing plan, in your investments. But these alone are not investments. It always have to be a plan. And the best plans work whether you're dead or alive. And that is a piece of wisdom that has been stuck with me for the longest. And I hope you can take that. I hope you swallow that. That good investment plans work whether you're dead or or alive, whether you're working or you're not, whether you're able or disabled, you want to make sure your plan can work with or without you. And if you have any leaks in those areas, our idea, our game plan should be to plug those leaks to where our investment plan can work on autopilot, not with, you know, not just completely just just passive. That would be ideal. But you want to know what's going on, of course. But you want to be able to plug those leaks so that this thing works with or without you. If you have to leave here, the people that comes behind you, they need to know what to do with it as well. So this is how you can have five, six, seven generations later still living off that goose that you fed and nurtured and took care of 
when you passed away and they know who you are. They know who you who you what you did, where you came from. They know all about you because it's your face. It's your painting that's above that fireplace. And they look at you and it's like, see, because of him, we can because of him. We are able today and we want to live on our legacy through him that's or her excuse me <laughs> that started this thing all off and for me that's a dream of mine that me and my wife leave our children not just a ton of money right but a ton of streams of income and a ton of knowledge and information on what to do with that money and that's the difference between inheritance and the legacy and that's how the Rockefellers stood above and beyond the other wealthy families, the Vanderbilts, the Carnegies. And to this day, these children are born into multi-million dollar families. And their basically their future is pretty much taken care of because they, they, they have the blueprint. They get the instructions just like everybody else did. And they have their marching orders. And they feed the goose as a family. And they never have to worry about money again it's one of those small aspects of their life which is i'm hoping to get you to the point of where you're not worrying about money at all but focusing on living your life so that's all i got today hopefully that was helpful right it was one of it's one of those stories that for me that completely changed my thought process when it came to what when it comes to what i will leave my children when i am dead and gone or even what i'm putting in my children today preparing them not only just for time with me and time after they leave the house but time when I'm no longer here and time when their children become adults so that's the game plan for us and I hope maybe you get something from that so with that being said thank you so much for listening I really truly appreciate truly appreciate you listening I really do I love you and God bless MPS MPS Said we're talking about